Welcome along to LOI Weekly. We're into the third season, uh, episode 11 with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel McDonald. Two guests today, Robbie Benson and Brendan Clark. And you'll find us at Podcast Republic, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, at LOI Weekly on Twitter, in association with Airsport and Independent.ie and the Irish Independent. Uh, Daniel McDonald had a cracking pay- crackin photo on the back page last night of the handball that actually wasn't, but was Lee Grace. I didn't actually take the photo. It was, the it was a great photo. It was a photo. professional photographer. Took the photo it was the best photo to illustrate that it hit his face. Yeah, it was brilliant. I'd actually, I actually would like to get the name of the photographer. It might be in Seb Daly who had it, but it was actually a great shot just to get the moment of impact. And um, yeah, this, I, mean, I assume everyone listening would have, would have seen the game, but obviously this was the Lee Grace incident for the penalty where the ball... Uh, cracks, you know. I think you needed to slow it down and slow it down and slow it down. I mean, we've got Robbie and Brendan here. Like, when you're watching it, did you have any instinct at the time that it's not a penalty, or was it your natural Im- sort of reflex watching it that it's a pen? I think everyone watching the game would have said penalty because his, his arm is up in the air. And I mean, mm. from the angle that the referee is at, it kind of looks. I suppose it looks like a penalty, you know. So yeah. even even on the replays, like it was only until you, you needed saw a couple, didn't you? Yeah. Like I was sure it was a handball straight away, but it was only until I saw the the last slow down replay that that you could see it hit his head. Yeah, I think like people who are like, people who know the rules will will correct us if we say something that's wrong. But is it is it an automatic yellow in that case? He was very quick to get the yellow card out for grace. I know you would assume like the handball in the area. Uh, that it, that it is a yellow card offence, but I wonder did he need to? Like, I mean, is that the, the, that double the blow that is, it was the red card as well? I mean, I don't know. You'd be shouting for a yellow if it was. A, I think it's because he's shooting a goal, isn't it? Yeah, like, I think it probably is a yellow if you yeah, if you if no, you would judge it that way. I don't you know? people, I don't think people make the argument if there wasn't a red already either. I think if there wasn't yeah. a red, everyone's saying okay, second yellow red, but yeah. the first red, yeah, um, kind of people are kind of. Really yeah, it throws things open though. I mean, it, it was a good night. I mean, you you, oh, you, you didn't stuff. answer his two guests. We obviously have a third guest, which is Dave McWilliams, which we have to get on to shortly. It was all it was all sorts of characters in Tala last night, John. Actually Michael was D. Higgins, uh, Robbie Keane, um, Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy. Any other dignitaries? Uh, all of Dundalk coaching staff yeah, were there. there Sixteen um, of them. And, um, uh, no, the four Dundalk: <laughs> Red, Stephen O'Donnell, Rory Higgins. Uh, John Gill and Vinnie Perth and yeah, various Stephen Kenny was there. Stephen, Stephen Kenny was there at half time. And I mean, did anyone okay. actually pay in last night? Six and a half thousand <laughs> people. There was actually seven and a half thousand people at the game. Um, it, w- it was good though. I mean, I know there's obviously, you can always pick like a great occasion and say everything is good in the league. And of course, we know that everything isn't good in the league. I mean, there's plenty There's plenty that, that is wrong with the league. But I think sometimes it is really just good good to go to an event like that in a good stadium last night with like whatever, six and a half thousand people there and try and take some positives from it and see what we can take from it. Because I know, like Brendan, you would have been up at Finn Harris on Monday, which would be very different to say, you know, in, in, under every heading, almost under every single heading. And you can't ignore those problems. But I, I think there there's something in... in getting the, the showpiece games right. Like, the fact even that that game... Like, Rovers-Bowes is now a strong enough fixture that I think it can withstand any fixture schedule messing, you know? And I think even having it on a Tuesday night, I know it was Easter, I know it was in the schedule, we give the fixture people enough grief and they deserve it for a lot of stuff that happens. But I actually think... Who are the, the fixture well, people? Well, who are these... The, oh, the computer, sorry. It's the computer that does it. It's this It's this rogue computer in Abbottstown that we're angry with. But the midweek uh, games have to be but, local derbies. Yeah, surely. well, I, no, I just think that the Rovers-Bowes game on a Tuesday on TV worked. A lot of people watched it and 
we can get those occasions right. There's a lot of other things that we need to fix, but I just really enjoyed it last night. There was a real sense of the potential that actually is there in the league, and I know that there will that there will be crowd, there'll be games on Mondays and Tuesdays, and or more so Mondays in the coming weeks that crowds will be affected and teams traveling halfway around the country, and that's not good enough, and it should be better. But at least if we can get some of the big games right, I think that showcased what was good about the league last night to people, and that was. The good thing now, you've been on the other side of it in Finn Harps on Monday, and you're probably not feeling as optimistic about the league coming down the road after that. But it still was a good event last night. It seemed to capture oh, yeah. your imagination for some reason. You yeah, know? Well, I mean, as a standalone event, do you know what I mean? The whole build up to it, I think the 90 minutes had, you know, had everything really, you know. Mm. So I think, you know, hopefully the majority of that, the crowd will come back, mm. you know, going forward, and you know, you bring along a couple more people and. All of a sudden, then you need another stand and tally for yeah. the crowds, you know, and it should be the same all around the country. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, the facilities just make a difference, though, as well, doesn't it, Robbie? Like, you just look at the, the crowd sh- scenes in Tala last night, and presentation, it does matter. No matter what way, the perception yeah. of people tuning into it on TV, it definitely matters. Yeah, you know? like, it looked great. The pitch was good. Um, the stands that you could see were filled. I know the near side, there was some empty seats, but they, like, it just looked like a good product. Like, you could put any any two teams in the world there mm. and it would look the same like the, that game wouldn't look as well even had it been in daily mount like just the the nature of that stadium a new stadium it it just it does make a big difference it does make a difference and there's a few discussion points to come out of this i mean the way bows are going right like the fact is the ne- it's a massive positive now the next bows rovers game that takes place in daily mount bows are effectively going to be turning away three or four or five thousand potential customers because of the limitations of their ground. Like the next Bowes Rovers game, there's no reason why there couldn't be seven, eight thousand people wanting to go to that. Actually, particularly so in a city centre location. I mean, and get the Talane straightforward. I know it's school holidays and stuff, so there's, there's some factors this week which made it a bit more family friendly. But I mean, Bowes, I was at Bowes East City last Friday, so were you, Johnny. Like, you know, they had to open the Des Kelly for a City game at home. And as much as there's a massive positive now around Bowes, there's a massive negative in the sense that they actually aren't placed to capitalise on what they've got going there at the moment. And we're going to have a game. It's great, we'll all talk about Bowes Rovers sellout. But actually, it's getting to the point where it's actually a bit deflating. There's only going to be three, three and a half thousand people at the next game when it could be, there could be twice the amount of people there. And I've spoken to people, I don't know what scope Bowes have in terms of, there's obviously health and safety reasons, which is why part of the ground isn't open. I think and it's, it's been it's sectioned not straightforward. Yeah. I know there was some debate about would there be a possibility doing something temporary either behind one of the goals or something. I think there's obviously a cost involved, but it's getting to the stage where... 3,000 people at 20 quid is 60 grand, you know, as well. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, know, look, I know there's labour costs and there's, mass, there's probably issues, you know, it would cost a lot of money, but it's getting to the stage where across the, the course of a season could they make it back and not have this thing of turning people away from games, mm. which is when there's a buzz there, what the last thing you want to be doing is turning people away from League of Ireland grounds. And we're at the stage now where Bowes are going to be doing it, I think, a couple more times this season. Um, but anyway, that's just that's just the point. Um, there are so many talking points. It's, throw, it's throwing the league 
title race mm. more to the point like it's, it's if, if it was if there was a sense and I know you were very strong when you've declared the race over you've paid out already like you know last week on the league being over and now it just shows how one result could completely change the whole it's, it's, it's not even that it was uh, the, the, the Bowes game in Oriel Bowes have been so key to the whole thing the Bowes game in Oriel where they get a last minute penalty if Dundalk hadn't won that game and Dundalk have gone on a winning streak now but um, should we hear from David McWilliams and, and then you, had a sl- you spoke to David Williams Williams at half time, so mm. people people are going to have the to. The game was over. So people are going to have to transport themselves back into a half time mindset because there's a bit of half time analysis in here as well. Yeah, it, w- it was a, it was a good problem to have because um, I would have liked to watch the game with him, but when he came in with his. Does everyone listen to us know who David McWilliams is? I see. Um, well, one of our guests didn't. Um, or who so is? It? Explain who David McWilliams is. He's just a very very well known economist um, who. I would say is has an awful lot more money than the four of us put together anyway. And uh, actually, Owen, you can be included in that as with the five <laughs> of us put together. He's one of the, he's one of the leading economists in Europe, as far as I know, in terms of um, his just how, how how well known he is anyway. And he makes I think he's very kind of. Um, he, he, for want of a better word, he dumbs it down so that his articles actually make reading about the economy kind of interesting. And he will definitely write an article based on last night. He introduced a character called Breakfast Roll Man. Was that not one of the centrepiece of a lot of his Seemingly articles? called the Celtic Tiger as well. Yeah. Um, now, Breakfast know, Roll Man was a character during the during a lot of his articles yeah. in that time. He's know? written he's written a lot about um, Brexit. He's written a lot, a lot about... Um, the rise of the middle class in Dublin and so on and so forth. But and, how, and how did this come about then? So I was on off the ball with him um, last year and then uh, you've done the paper round on the Sunday and uh, I just, I don't know how we got talking with League of Ireland but I was just like, you should come to a game and he said, definitely, just give me a shout sometime. So this game came up and I said, well, is there actually a better game to go to than this? I mean, could you pick a better game? It was midweek. That was the only slight drawback. But he went along and uh, he's 250,000 followers on Twitter and now he's talking about the League of Ireland. It's not a bad thing. And he spoke to him at half time. Spoke to him half time, and uh, he brought three kids along as well. And this is what he had to say. I'm here with Dave McWilliams. David, you're actually have to tell me you were a Rovers fan of Milltown back in the day. Years and years ago, in the 70s, my father used to take me to Glenmalure Park almost every Sunday. Oh, well, every second Sunday. And you won't remember this, Johnny, but there was a moment when Dunphy and Giles and Ray Tracy and John Devine, maybe, Pierce O'Leary. They all came back to play for Rovers. And there was a huge vibe about that. And of course, it came to nothing. But I used to love going up to Milltown. I remember just as a kid, you know, it was a big building with the bus up, walk up uh, from Donnybrook, can't remember, Eglinton Road, then up left by the huge apartments. You remember those ones? And then into Milltown. But that was, of course, before Milltown was sold. What do you mean it's nice? I just think, I think Rovers have been kind of robbed. I think the, the two decisions are very harsh. You know, very, very harsh. And, and in a game like this, you know, you lose two men it's, 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 it's impossible to chase the game and then they were unlucky with the penalty you know it was a good save but it's very hard to see them coming back what, what do you think? Yeah I think they're absolutely goose um, you know probably a little bit harsh but I think Bowes have pressed them well um, in, in, in the sense of bringing your kid and his mates to the game tonight what have they made of it? They love it yeah. they love it they love the atmosphere the atmosphere is fantastic you know the stadium's good the stadium's full it's, it's great to see it's really great to see And I'm you know, always full w- stadium it makes a Tuesday difference. night, yeah, under lights, it's a brilliant thing to see. I'm always wondering when you come to a place like this, can you kind of derive some sort of uh, tangent to make an article out? <laughs> you know? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely I yeah. look forward to seeing I'll that. I'll be, I'll be discussing the, the gentlemen and all the uh, the rapid response cops. This will be yeah. my latest article. <laughs> no, but I'll cer- certainly, I'll certainly take something out of it. But listen, thanks, thanks for uh, giving the shout. It's brilliant. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Oh. 
hope you recorded it. I hope I did as well. Uh, so he did say then afterwards, I was trying to explain to him how the league works, and he said, I'd love to do uh, an article on the economic possibilities of the League of Ireland because he was utterly gobsmacked when I was trying to explain that we have a league where the prize money is roughly the equivalent of what it actually costs to participate in the league in terms of the fees and the money that's coming or, in from... Or rent, a, or rent a nice gaff somewhere. Or rent a nice gaff somewhere or pay money to your... Anyway, and um, <laughs> so also the fact that the money that SSE... Take your pick from your... Pick your favourite expense and this, you can equate this, it to League of Ireland. But this is very money. serious as well because the SSC or Tristy League money and the right the agreement that they had, the confidentiality agreement, nobody actually knows what money is going into the league from sponsorship and TV. So I was just making the point to them that basically this league is functioning without any outside help. It's like self-reliance of one of them loser communist regimes where they say we, we don't want outside help. We, we can do this all ourselves and obviously everyone suffers. But then the product last night, Robbie, was like... We've done all right in terms of uh, the quality of the league, considering that there is no outside help. Basically, that was what I was saying to him. Yeah, as I said, like it, it just looked like a proper, a proper product. But then on the flip side, you watch a game in a week or two's time, and it's just the complete opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Where pitch won't be good, and I come in summer now and might improve, but pitch will be poor, ground facilities bad. Like it's just, just two sides of a coin, really. Very like. much so, and the. In terms of pitches, you were at Finn, Finn Park. The pitch has been poor there this season, and Belfield, the pitch has been poor as well in your last game. Um, Finn, Finn Harps on the flip side, I would worry about them a bit, Brendan, in terms of crowds, because there was a small crowd at the game, and they are getting a bit detached as well, and how they can pay the wages to the end of the season, I genuinely would worry for them. Yeah, there, was, there wasn't many there, you know, kind of Easter, Easter Monday. and I mean, the game was moved forward from 8 to, to 5 o'clock now. It was great for us as players, kind of travelling up, so we were back at a reasonable time. But you know, people might have plans, and it wasn't changed, you know, weeks and weeks ago. But it was relatively late on. But um, you know, it was the product on the pitch. Let's say wasn't wasn't pretty. Um, I mean, the pitch was hard, bumpy. But you know, it's it's down to finances and and and, and stuff like that. And if if they can't, you know, afford to have a, a watering system or whatever there you know there's no, what can you do about it you know the clubs have to live within their means yeah. yeah it's getting like we've had all sorts of debates on this show before and it's a common League of Ireland debate about structures and all this I probably have come back now probably pretty strongly and I know it's not a popular view to a lot of people but I do think the smaller the Premier Division and to try and get that to a minimum standard and to get and okay Harps are struggling really badly right and it's, it's not nice. And it's not nice for people at First Division clubs to hear dismissive comments because we all know the League of Ireland is very cyclical. And, you know, the clubs that are at the top now have pretty much all been at the bottom to some degree, you know, in recent times. Um, but I, I just wonder, like, you talk about the, 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 the crowd shots and how good it looked last night. That I think we need to just have a minimum standard that we aspire to. And if that means a small Premier Division to build that standard and get teams to... F- to follow then so be it now that's maybe people argue well that's not how you grow the game but I guess what I'm saying is I'd rather four Rovers Bowes games per year and four Cork and Dock games per year and four of the equivalent matches selling the league than I would you know three more three Pats Harps of the other day or three of you know what we had the last time it was a 12 or Wexford or whoever it might be because I, I 
I think that's the way we have to... We, we don't necessarily have the pool of players and the, the pool of professionalism that we would like. And I think we should start smaller and build towards it. Now, I know that there's an argument some people say we should go for a 16-team division and try and spread it, you know, and we should go for a, a, a much wider league. But, like, Harps are trying to compete in the Premier this year, as we've talked about before, with lads not even training, you know, with, with the club during the week. And... Th- they're possibly just not up to it. And that's really that's a really brutal thing to say. But they don't have the stadium to prop them up. Like they don't have the facilities there. So naturally when results are bad, the crowds are going to drop off because the match day experience there isn't going to be top notch. Now this is a tough one because we're always at a constant crossroads about where we go. I'm sure you'd probably prefer maybe a bigger Premier Division. I kind of agree with you though on the sense. I think it's getting towards the stage now that I don't, is smaller better I don't know what you think as players lads because I, I, you've experienced other sides of it when being at UCD or being at clubs that maybe at times have been on the cusp of relegation battles and that 12 team division was quite enjoyable a couple of years ago but I'm coming to thinking that smaller could be better for now but I don't know what, what you think about the general the general picture yeah, I think we, we moved I mean since I started playing in the league in 2003 we've gone from 10 to 12 to 10 to mm. 12 like, and now we're back at 10 but I think at one stage there a few years ago, teams were playing each other seven or eight times a year. I know, like with, I know. Four in the league, cup. There was Satanta Cup at the time, and, and and stuff like that. So it can get a little bit, little bit boring at times. Like, but if it's a case of, you know, just having the best on show, like the best facilities and you know bigger crowds and, and better football. I mean, I I agree with your point that you know smaller could be better. Like, but. I mean, fans might just get bored of seeing the same all faces yeah. at the same time. So you have to kind of. It is the problem. I think they there. get a lot more bored though of mismatches. That I've come around to Dan's way of thinking. We had this debate one time, I remember, and you showed me the leagues in Europe and the amount of leagues with like ten teams in it or twelve or thereabouts. And the first division isn't in a bad place now with the playoff structure. It's not. There isn't that much negativity in the first division. Whereas if you had a sixteen-team division with Dundalk hockeying three or four teams in a row, um, I don't know, Robbie. What do you think? I don't know, but and like talking about the first, the first division seems really competitive this year in, in its own way. So despite shells and seemingly being expected to run away with yeah, it. Yeah, so I think actually both divisions have actually got stronger with the with the new way. So I think you know it's early days, but I think it is going to be good going forward. And as Dan said, that hopefully can drag everything to be better. Mm. You know, across not only the football side, but just everything in terms of the whole. Just everything about the league. Well, uh, yeah, if the top teams can drag everyone else up. That's only going to yeah. That's a, that's a kind of almost like an economic theory as well. As David McWilliams might even talk. Yeah, about the flip drag. side is we like clubs, just, clubs just are still losing money in the top division. Yeah. you see like you know John O'Connor who would listen to us, and I mean there there obviously is problems, and there are problems with with full time football and, and making it pay. But that comes back also to what you're saying about the funding of the league, and the, and I just think we've got a better chance with ten a smaller number in the short term, and you know that. There, there may come a time that like you, you actually properly need to meet criteria to be in the Premier Proper Division. licensing. And if you don't have X, a stadium that ticks this box, you don't have X amount of professionals, or whatever it might be, then you don't play in it. Now, 100%. That's, that's not a popular view. And you what you'll have is there'll be a, a, a club will get up, like a Cove or someone that's a great story, and you look like absolute pricks, Let almost saying, saying that you can't. Yeah. But I think like, you see what's there last night. And that should be the 
that should be something but that Dan, we should be this is, this is going back years in England where if you got promoted from non-league from the Vauxhall Conference you didn't get promoted unless you reached certain criteria and they were quite exa- uh, exacting criteria in terms of your, the quality of your stand your ground and all that and we've just let it go on in Ireland where Finn Park and, and grounds like that are acceptable when they shouldn't be like um, Finn Park should not be acceptable and if you were if you were to well there's uh, other grammy lines to look at uh, just for about, example about Oriel and other places or, which but, um, massive do, issues as well do you, do you yeah. feel as that there is a bit of a um, we're on the coast of something of a revolution or at least as a sea change because there was so much of a buzz even in I was in News Talk this morning and everyone was talking about the game last night back pages of nearly all the papers um, huge crowds at some of the games this season and I don't know I, I'm very positive at the moment in terms of the potential for the league Yeah, well, from, from my kind of point of view I think um, this season there's been so much more buzz around the League of Ireland this year um, Why is that Brendan? Do you I know? don't know I think the clubs have have kind of individually themselves kind of, you know, grabbed it by the balls and gone, listen, we need to make this better for ourselves, first of all. And then if other clubs want to come with us and, and, do, and you know, make it better, they will. Like, and you look at Bowles, have had so many sellouts and we've had a, you know, really good, we've had a sellout against Rovers and some really good um, crowds ourselves. And, I mean, Rovers and, and Cork and stuff like that and Dundalk as well with the crowds up there. So I think it's been driven by the clubs. Um, Obviously, you're going to find, I think, as a nation where, when it comes to sport, a nation of bandwagoners. So mm. you kind of, once you're successful, you know, your crowds will come. But it's 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 holding on to them when you are successful. That's the hard part, you know. Like, and I think clubs are doing that this year. What do you think, Robbie? Uh, yeah, I do think there is a, a more of a buzz. and But the one thing I'd li- I really like to see is just that there's a game on telly every week. That is just, like, you see what can be done last night. I think the RTE coverage that they do now is better on a Friday night. And if that can be, you know, if there's one game every week that's just, you know, constant League of Ireland, League of Ireland every week, that everyone knows, all right, tonight's Friday night, League of Ireland game's on telly. That's just constant. It's not good enough to have that Bulls Rovers game. Okay, we're on telly this Friday against them, but when's the next game after that? Yeah. Like, it's only, it, we don't know for certain that every week there's going to be a game on telly that kind of goes to the back of people's minds and then it's just kind of forgotten about until the next time. And there wasn't, I didn't really see much of a build-up for that game before the... Last night's right, game. Air Sport did a good job, but just in other, well, we other games places. Of, games on Friday night and you're just thrown into a Tuesday night then. And it's, I totally agree, though. I think that's Friday night is League of Ireland night. And if you had somebody who was actually really looking after the league from a professional perspective, who was driving it and directing it, it's not that hard to sell that once a week. I'd, I'd nearly prefer if... if the I, I still... I know John Caulfield said a couple of years ago and I sort of... I like the idea of the live game not clashing with other games. But that may not... That Friday night package is really good that you can go around the grounds and see the other goals. So yeah. maybe, or even have the game on a Saturday night and then show the... Yeah, Saturday the, evening or something the like Friday, that. The yeah. Friday, because as well, the highlight show on Monday is too far away. No one cares about... Like, even the the teams in the league are building up to mm. the next game. They're forgotten about yeah. the game before. So, But I think in, in the 2020 vision that, that of, of next season, you know, it's like... I've had debates in um, racing about racing TV and at the race and all that and people give out that nobody watches um, Racing UK because they can't afford racing TV but streaming is where it's at now for racing it's all streaming and like the streaming of games across Europe would actually and even Asia for betting purposes or whatever but there's so there's so much potential I think Brendan Do you know for me um, after the, the game on, on Friday I think it was I got back home I'll be good friends with Ryan Coulter who's in um, I saw you tweeting. Wisconsin. He's playing in the states now. He's, yeah. he's playing in the uh, USL One over there, which is I think the tour, divi- mm. tour division, maybe. And um, 
the whole league is streamed on YouTube. Yeah. Every single game is, is up on YouTube and the quality is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, the commentators aren't as, yeah, you know, you, you, you in get, tune you're with... sort of an amateur. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, like, but, you, you know, the, the quality of the stream and it, it, it's not freezing or cutting out or, mm. you know, it's it's not off, you know, one camera up at the top of a stand like, like we had... Even if it's a pay, if, even if it's a pay for streaming, like mm. if you look at the the NBA, they put out a league pass where you pay a hundred and whatever for the whole. But there's thousands of games a year in the NBA. Mm. But you you sign into your account and you can flick on any game that's on. You just have access to watch it, and you can if one game's born, you can flick on to the next one. And like I think a lot of people would pay, you know, a hundred quid to watch any league round game for the whole year. And with that money, then you can have better stream because the streaming that is there now, the quality isn't great. So you can get better streaming if you put money into it and people will pay the money into it. Definitely. Well, like Dan had a story during the week about uh, Ferrugia and Scales uh, potentially going to Man City uh, under 23s. The amount of people in Britain who want to watch the players over here um, is, is it shouldn't be underestimated as well. We are a selling league. Yeah, as well. but there's, there's two debates to this. Like, there's obviously, and I, I totally agree, how we package ourselves. I think that's going to change naturally with just it's a natural evolution. The next TV deal will be very different, I think, to whatever is there at the moment. I think it's it's naturally changing, and uh, I mean, I know that like this is the problem. Though. I mean, you you go to some grounds and they don't even have Wi-Fi, working Wi-Fi. Do you know what I mean? So like this is like we we have we have we have such inequality, you know, around the league, and and there ha- as I said, this work comes back to standards. Like I think like centralized use of funds towards certain uh, really interesting I see the, that in Holland now they're actually pulling some of the European money they listen to into, our podcast into, into the league now it's only a very small percentage and obviously they're earning massive amounts of money so like Ajax like this year are going to earn I, I mean telephone numbers in terms of sort of figures um, but I think like some kind of centralised funds that is used to like drive and write this is on broadband or this is on so every grand this is a sponsorship that gives us something like you think that I mean with all due respect to like you know Eritrea we've had a company Eritrea's company for years and like yet you go to certain grounds and like finding a plug can be a challenge you know what I mean like it, there's a sort of a perverse aspect to to how we haven't evolved but like I think as well what's going on at the moment with Eritrea like that like you have to acknowledge last night and I'm not having a dig like that's a council grant you know, like that's that's a facility that the Shamrock Rovers had to earn the right to be anchor tenants and to make a case, and they were a massive part of it. But like that, that 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 buzz around Tala last night was was brought a lot of stuff to the area, and that's created by football, and that should be the case for other grounds and other places elsewhere. We talk about Finn Harps, we're getting on onto Finn Harps, but I mean Finn Harps have been trying to get a stadium built for around twenty years, you know, and they've they found it really hard to get off the ground. And the photos that, of it like, on Twitter this week like, were fairly grim. That that is what's killing them now. Like that they don't have all they are is a is a bag of jerseys, like really, you know, and that's the club. And like uh, then you you like you if that's your club, you're struggling, you know. And whereas what you see now is match day experience, and I always say like Sligo have had and you've played Sligo have had an uneventful couple of years. Like they've been sort of nowhere for the last couple of years, but actually there's a pretty consistent crowd going to their games and it's because it's, it's a nice place to go like Waterford this year the crowds have held up okay when there hasn't been the same buzz as there was they've held up very well last year it's a nice place to go like you have to make your grounds so yeah we have to package it and stream it better but we also have to make our grounds nicer places to visit I think you're, you're missing a big point though of it as well um, the quality of the football has made it very watchable whereas it wasn't the quality of the first half last night if people were and these were from the coaching and the players 
everyone was getting on the ball. Everyone was getting on the ball. And it's I, a good pitch, though. As a good pitch, saying. yeah. Again, vital, vital thing. Uh, I think the players and coaching staffs are a great credit. Summer football and all that. I, I was watching that game last night, and I thought anyone watching this would enjoy it. Yeah, well, it was, you know, there wasn't many long balls, was there? You know, like, but I think a lot of, let's say, an older fan, kind of from late teenage years going to games, will appreciate um, the standard of football. Mm. Whereas if you're bringing kids to, to League of Ireland games, it's it's the bright lights, it's the occasion that gets them, you mm. know, and the atmosphere that brings them back. So, you know, I think while the, the football is a massive part of, of kind of a, a, a teenage, like some lads aren't going, I'm not going down there, it's shite, you know what I mean? Like, mm. the, the football's crap or whatever. Like but You must have gotten a lot when you were a Pats fan back in the day that lads wouldn't go. Oh, football was great back then. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but <laughs> that, that's what days. got me. I was brought down to Richmond. It was winter football back then when I was a sport mm. and you get down, it's cold and you, you end up, the Pats fans were in the shed at the time like and you had your flares and you had, there was hundreds crammed into the shed like mm. and that's what, got me that's what made you look forward to your Friday night I didn't I didn't know whether it was a great pass or whatever I just cheered when the ball went in it was yeah. it's all about you know standing with the, with the lads in the shed end and, and, and making a racket for 90 I, I minutes think, I think what Bowes have done with all that community stuff really matters is, as, as that, the game the other night Dan it was a UCD but there's just some vibe about the place yeah. the bar was absolutely packed as you walked through Um I don't know. It's Bose seems like uh, the amount of lads have said to me when we were winning leagues, it never felt like this. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, we're, we're making the point every week, but I think to be fair, and like, uh, like as Brendan sort of acknowledges there, that uh, like when you started going to Pats, Pats was the place to go. And I remember going to Pats in the late nineties, and just like there was an amazing atmosphere. And some of it is cyclical a bit. Like, like, like there would have been people in Drada ten years ago telling you the League of Ireland's great. You know, and you go to Drada now, and they might have a different attitude. You know, Longford would be the same. Like, I know people who got into it because their particular team was going well, and when that team falls off, or the league is shot, you know, they, they get into that into that zone. Mm. You know, people at Chelsea would have a very different maybe experience of the league now. But anyway, like, I just hope like every five ten years we have the same debates about the direction of the league, and it's the same. You could you could go back in the archives and you'd find the same talking points. Now we need this, we need that. I just think because of the broader picture, we actually have an opportunity now to make it the centerpiece of football in Ireland going forward that we haven't had before. I think that genuinely is the chance that we do have now. I, I think so hopefully, the hopefully we seize it. The, the exposure but, of the FEI situation has actually worked well for the league in the sense that people probably have a little bit of sympathy for the clubs because of the structure that they're working yeah. under. But just going back to last night's football, game. Let's talk about football. Yeah, you have, results. You have, you have Jack Byrne playing who was recently in the Ireland squad. Um, you have the quality of Mandreo and Livingston, for example. You have two defences who barely conceded a goal from open play this season. You have the Ireland management team uh, at the game. You have the president at the game. Six and a half thousand at the I'm game. I'm sure the president would be going anyway, John. It's he not, would. Not, he'd, be good. he'd go and watch Galway. He that's, how, that's how much he, he wants he, to go and watch football. He was football. in Stradbrook recently. Yeah, there you go. But, um, yeah. I guess we'll go through the results anyway as well um, from the last... It's Friday seems like a long time ago. Um, Waterford to Cork City nil uh, Pats 2 Sligo Rovers 1 Dundalk 3 Finn Harps nil Derry City nil Shamrock Rovers 1 Bowes 3 UCD nil it actually seems so long ago I can't even remember these games UCD 1 Derry Dundalk 3 it's on, on Monday. Monday Waterford 2 2 against Derry uh, very epic into the game there Cork City nil Sligo Rovers nil uh, Finn Harps nil St. Pats 2 and Shamrock Rose nil Bowes 1 Robbie what's the story with Dundalk uh, it's all happening you're right back right back in the, in the race after um, a, a little bit of a struggle yeah a um, couple of bad results against 
uh, Pats and, and Sligo, but uh, since then, you know, just shows the way, you know, the advantage of having midweek games sometimes and this congestion is that we've got three three wins in a week, mm. you know, and even the Bows game, you know, that was a last-minute winner, so... It's, Being honest now, like that, that game, how worried are Dundalk people when it's nil all... And the gap was looking pretty bad at the moment, and I think you'd one shot on target before the penalty. Yeah, look, we look a draw was was the fair result on the night, but um, just in ter- like when you go on a if you go on any losing run, it's going to have its effect. Everyone says look, you just take a game, but it does. It's only natural that has an effect, and as the longer game goes on like that, you're thinking, oh no, like you're just thinking worst case scenario. But that's where you need you know people to kind of to. Your big, your big players to kind of stand up and just take the game by the neck, and it turned out that was it was it was Dan Kelly and a new lad, you know, and he, you know, he, you know, by his own admission, I he travels up in the car with me in the morning. He was disappointed. You get really. the pleasure of having Dan Kelly in the car with you every yeah, day. Yeah, playing himself and Gannon, <laughs> three of us go up. So um, yeah, fair. the two boys are just talking about rings end for I was half, just gonna say, for half you, the journey. So we're up in a slightly different part of the world to the yeah, two lads. Like yeah. the two lads are just talking about the. The goings on rings end, so I'm just kind of. Can you relay any of them? Or uh, I'm sure you have them in. They can they can talk. You get good. You'll probably get good um, listenership off that episode. They're good. But they're a good f- pair. Funny enough, that 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 goal you're on about was a borderline decision. Again, you're talking about small margins on the edge of the box last night's decision on the edge of the box. Yeah, but going back to like Dan, he he had a, you know, he's disappointed how he how he did against Saturday. Didn't start then the Monday and then comes on. Wins a penalty last minute. Next game on Friday against Friends and Harps scores a hat trick. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just shows how quickly things can change for a team and just one player as well. So and Shields and McElhenney are back in the fold. Yeah, obviously they're gonna they're gonna help us. In, you're you're in just the becoming time. more of a forgotten man with every week because everyone. <laughs> how's, yeah, your body, how's your body, Fern? Yeah, I still have four or five weeks left. It's funny, like you'd have people coming up to you saying you find it hard to get back in the team with teams winning, but then we went losing. Geez, we're missing you. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's just everyone's <laughs> always just consider yeah. considering the last result. That's just the way. Kind of football, uh, football is really. a staggering amount of quality in midfield, though. Even the players that have come in and functioned fairly seamlessly, and then the likes of even Flores, who wasn't getting a game. The bit I've seen of him looks a very good player, and then you've you coming back and the two lads back. So much talent there, yeah, all over the place. And Georgie Kelly came on, you know, up front, and then you know, Dan Cleary didn't start the early end, but in the, the last, previous couple of weeks, he was you know, he was outstanding for us, so um. Yeah, I think we've good we've good depth all over, and that's that's only going to help us come forward. Are you uh, are you a good watcher when you're not, like? Have you gone to every match? Oh yeah, I've gone to. Well, I missed the, the first couple just after the the the, Har- the Harps game is the only one I missed. Um, I've been to all the others, but uh, it's um, it's it's tough and it's not tough to watch. You just like I've no control over. You know, when I'm back, we're going to be where we are in the league. I've no control over that. I just have to hope. You know, I just have to hope that we're as high up in the table and just when I'm in training. You know, when the boys are going on the pitch, just make sure that my own, especially early on, that my own disappointment that being injured doesn't pass on to them and that I'm not bringing, bringing the vibe down the camp. Well, at least you know you're coming back, whereas, you know, I was speaking to Shane Supple at recent games. You can tell it's tough when the game's over. Yeah, and even I was talking to, at the UC game, Evan O'Sam, like he's out for the whole season, you know. Um, uh, Sean Russell, I think, that is crucial as well the other week. So, um, like, it could have been way worse. And yeah. when I was told, and I thought, you're told you've you've broke your leg, you know, you're thinking the whole season, so mm. thankfully I'll be I'll be back. Before, That's what I was just going to say to you. Like, you did you have an initial like you're lying on the pitch moment, thinking this because I assume after preseason you're you're gearing up towards that first that first game. I mean, are you lying on the pitch thinking this could be me? Like, for or was it more? Was it more the day or two after where you were? No, it was as it, as as it went on because 
at the end of last season we played Pats actually and um after five minutes I I hit a shot, hit the bar, but Pat Hoban pulled on the ball at the same time and hit my leg. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it, it actually felt remarkably similar. So at the time I said, Oh no, it's it's just that injury again. But then just it was just pain wasn't going away. So um though I'm kinda of, I'm fairly relaxed with injuries, look they happen and you just have to do as well as you can while you're out and when you're back, you're back. So just make sure that you're you're right. But as I said, I'll be back for second half of the season in, in Europe, which which I'm, I'm yeah. Well, that's yeah. speaking of injuries as well. How were you? Were you surprised that Stephen O'Donnell called it a day, or did you expect him to stay on? Um. Well, look, I, I he has the quali- he still has the quality. You know, he he does. When we do eleven be eleven change, he needs to, to step in. He's you know <laughs> he's as good he's as good as as anyone on the pitch. So. Um, it's disappointing to to lose him from that aspect as well as being a captain but I think it was vitally important that we didn't lose him from the group at large and that he's still around uh, Brandon like for from your your perspective of the weekend it's funny like you know you, you put back to back wins together and suddenly just the league table has a has a healthier look you know because you, you, you I think it's fair to say Pats had had a, a sticky patch after your good start but it must have been a sort of a confidence boost in the weekend you had there yeah like I mean the um the way these fixtures are Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday, they can work for you or go, you know, they can go against you, you know, like, and you can find yourself cut off from challenging for Europe or, you know, being in that the lower part or, you know, you can stick a couple of wins together and, and be right up there, you know, but, um, we, we've done okay. Um, we, we've, we've had a lot of new players in, so it does take a while to, to, to adjust to, to how people play and stuff like that. And a new manager, obviously, and, and stuff like that, but we—I think we—we've we, shown, we've shown bits and pieces of of, of you know really good play, mm. and we've had some really good results. And and on the flip side of that, we we've had some some poor enough results from from where we want to be. So it's just a case of getting the consistency in and and you know doing better. Two nice moments in the last week: Forrester scoring last Friday, and even Conor Clifford's goal on Monday, which is a great kind of great well worth goal. But I suppose you know you know Forrester, you know Chris well from his previous time, and he's. He's had a tough time for as it's been well documented, but it must have been great just to see him do something like that on Friday because that's the Chris that everyone knows, I guess. You that's know? the Chris that everyone remembers from from before he went away, and you know he's 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 a different player now than the one that went away. He's he's not a left winger anymore, you know. He'll tell you that himself. But you know he's come back. He's there's no airs or graces about him. You know it's he's he's the same Chris, you know, and and uh, it's it's just it's just getting him back in. It was hard at the time because he came in. It was late enough in it pre-season, was, yeah, was yeah, it? Like, and, yeah. and you know, he'll tell you himself the the shape he come back in wasn't it wasn't where the rest of us were at, you know. Like, and and geez, even I was beating him in some of the fitness tests, you know. That, <laughs> you know, so he he's 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 geez, he's past me now, and he's he's getting well up to speed, and he's shown flashes of what he can do, you know. But, yeah, you know, we've we've a squad of good players as well, so he knows that if if he's not doing the job that Harry wants him to do, he'll he'll be left out. What sort of lad is Chris actually? He's great, yeah. He's great. Like I said, he's 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 a proper a proper townie, you know. Like and it's it's just it's it, it's a joy to you know to come in and work with him. And it, he's great, great off the pitch and, and great on the pitch. You know, he he's no problem getting on to you if if you're not doing your job. There are a lot of uh, attacking players in the league at the moment, like very exciting. And McElhenney has come back as well, and apparently he's in great nick. Um, from his yeah, his like it's the it's it's the most determined and and fit I've I've seen him. Obviously, the two of us were in the gym just together 
over the last while, and I could just see in them. Is that, that the gym by Oriel then that you'd go to, or is it the, you go to? No, the just that we do, we have a gym on site now. It's so a new one, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, yeah, we've been working hard together, and I c- he's obviously a bit ahead of me. But he was, I could just tell by him that he was really determined, and um, yeah, he's he's come back as if as if he's never left. With, it's like with a new sign. It's funny how we can yeah. just like uh, as the lads are saying, like there's so many games this time of the year that momentum can just take a season. And mm. I know, look, I know we're slagging off because you had actually declared the league over there a week or two ago. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of. You're becoming like you, you, there's no, I, I there's did, no I, middle I, I ground for you. Rose will win the league, I think. But anyway, you, but you said it was over two weeks ago. Yeah. I, do you don't think it's over. You can't say it's over. Is the league over? So you're actually retracting your view that the league is over. Are you declaring declaring the league open again? Friday will be interesting. Friday will be But it it is like, when you think about it, that we were talking a bit off air. Like, what are Robbers going to do going to Dundalk on Friday with a couple of injuries? And when you think that Dundalk had to withstand Benson, Shields, McElhenney being out, Robbers had been okay. I know Bulger's missed a bit. Uh, Ethan Boyle's picked up an injury. But all of a sudden... Like they they play Pats on Monday off the back of it, and they have a challenging week, you know. So it can all it can all change very quickly, and we we don't know. Like we were just with 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 the suspensions and uh, with the injuries that they had. Like defensively, Rovers are going to go to the dock on Friday with maybe a completely different mindset than they might have a week ago, you know. And it's just funny how it all changes. It's they don't really seem to have that much cover for for all that the you know resources they should have. The dogs still have the, the deepest squad in terms of experienced mm. players. I mean, I mean, Robbie, you can say like some of the guys that have come in, like someone like Cameron Dummigan, who's actually had a good profile in England in terms of his time at Oldham, pretty much barely played. You know, like there is there is lads there who have reasonable pedigrees who haven't been involved. Yeah, it's just the the kind of way it's been over the last couple of years of Dundalk. I had it myself when I went in. I didn't start for you know for a long time, and you're kind of bled in and. With the injuries we've had, some people have had to come in and play more than they probably would have if mm. if everyone had been fit. Like Sean Murray had played every game until he picked up a knock there last week, but he had played every game and, and done very well. But whether he would have had as much game time Mm. Um, other than that even Dan even Dan Kelly's played a lot like someone who you thought might be phased in given where he's come from but he's actually been a very important player yeah. he's mentally been out for a while too you know yeah it's just it's just the way it goes and obviously you can't legislate for injuries but it's important to have the the squad and that's what we're that's what we have now that we can we can deal with injuries and suspensions and even not only that that loss of form like if someone's not playing well mm. we have good we've good uh, substitutes in the backup that's that's always a good thing I think Bowes now I mean are Bowes in this, this title is the thing, yeah. are Bowes in this title debate now are they <laughs> yeah. every party you would say it won't they won't be just over time it will just naturally happen like are they even going to get attention for some of these players in in July now as a club they're in a situation here now where um, if they think there's a good chance that they qualify for Europe like which there is I mean I think it's a really strong chance but the potential money from that could have a transformative effect in the sense that could they suddenly think about keeping players but I think like Bowers are in a, are in a problem they're in a bind as a club because they've probably got two years and they hope that they've got a couple of years in Talca coming up so they're going to be all this daily man positivity this great vibe this great buzz we're speaking about at the moment what a great place it is to go to they're going to face a couple of years where they're out of their natural home in someone else's ground and it's natural that crowds and everything are going to be affected. So even if you do qualify for Europe, do you, do you want to almost use that money as bonus money just to, to safeguard you against 
any problems you might have. But it is getting to the stage where, I mean, this wasn't supposed to happen. Like they were supposed to punch above their weight, um, you know, be a club that's really become popular as almost like an anti kind of professional football as it's become type ethos where it's a real community thing. But you look at them last night, Dan, and. When even 11 v 11, Rovers were never yeah. comfortable in this game. Well, do you even tie down some of the players at least? At least try and in July get, get mm. some of them on 18 month deals or whatever it might be. So at least if you are raided in the summer or in the winter, sorry, mm. you know, because something like Mandreo looks like he's got a lot of ability now. I'm not sure what his contractual scenario is. Levingston's been very good. Um, even that if the, if the clubs are coming calling at the end of the season, that they can get something. You know, because I, I think... Funny you, enough, you talk about Rovers and uh, Rovers and the lack of cover. They've four really good full-backs, I suppose. They, they've lost their, their goalie and their centre-backs. Yes, Aaron Barry didn't start last night and he's been playing very well. No, and Andy, like, Lyons Andy Lyons in the bench is a very Lyons, talented player. You're, you're yeah. like, wait, don't, they have all this cover, f- funny enough. And I don't know, Robbie, Long and Crawley, and it's always, it must really annoy Keith Long because it's always like... Long and Crawley, you know, the double acts, and he is the manager. But I don't, the job they've done, it seems incredible to me. Yeah, and they, you talk about their strength in it. Like they made, I think they made six or seven changes when they came up. Seven changes in Oriel. And they were, they were really, really good. You know, they were as good as any team that's come to Oriel this year. So, um, yeah, it does bode well. And I think across the whole league, like you look at Pats's, Pats's bench on a Friday night is very strong as well. Ours, um, Rovers have a couple of injuries now. Um, Cork as well, like it's it's it is getting. I think that's probably an effect as well of the ten team league that the players who would have been in the lower kind of the lower teams are now spread out more across mm. across the league. And yeah. you know, if a player is a, ch- a choice of a team in a Premier Division where they might play now and then, or a team in the first division, they're probably going to go for a team in the Premier Division. That's just the way it is. Where you know whether it be a star man in the first division or uh, you know a uh, in an yeah. out player in the, in the Premier, they'd, they'd offer Premier, so that that is good for the Premier Division. Well, like Ward, Ward was was not uh, didn't play on Friday. He was he didn't start last night. Regba came off the bench. Maybe I don't know, Dan. You could well, Regba's going to go in the summer, yeah. obviously. So like you know, and they probably have some interest in in Lions as well. I would have thought so. Like they're going to face challenges, but it is getting to the stage where they just keep picking up points, you know, like, and it's like, it's sort of like, remember Dundalk in 2013, the year the Pats won the league, like Dundalk was Kenny's first year and everyone has sort of assumed that they would drop off and then as just time goes on, mm. they were still there. Now, they they had a, they were full-time, they had a much better resources than, than this Bowes team probably does now, but I don't know what you make of it, Ben. I suppose in some ways do you look at Bowes and think, we should be up there in, in that bracket too. Or what, what do you make of their, their strength as a team? I think, first and foremost, the whole, the whole the club as a whole has, it seems, galvanised, you know, like with the, with the squad of players and, and the crowd. and that, that can carry you through games, mm. you know. And that's not to sound disrespectful to the group of players because, you know, they're a fantastic, you know, a fantastic solid unit as, as mm. a team. And they have, they have technically very good players as well. So, Look, they're 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 in second place on 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 merit at the moment, and we're what, we're a, twelve games in. Yeah, third third way into the season. Just yeah. the way in. So when, when the mean, players come out on the pitch for the warm up and all that, the crowd just gets after them straight away. They're, they're they have a real there, total like, bond, like, and it's it's hard to put your finger on it, but it's it's definitely there with Bowes. But it's something for Pats maybe just. But I mean, know you had that great crowd the first week of the season. The club have, I think, by all accounts, they've got their act together in terms of some of the community work and stuff. Now I know just when results 
aren't great and then you have a lot of games it's maybe hard to maintain it yeah. to the same degree you also don't have the facility on site that, that Bows have which is which makes a difference mm-hmm. but can you can you look to them in some way and think well this is what we have to build towards as a club to some degree well they, they, they've sold out how many games this year like yeah. how, how many home games have they played they would have played five or six their average now I think is over 3,000 which is more than they so have in their winning leagues who, who wouldn't want to aspire to that you know to, to be putting up sell you know sold out signs on, on, on their gates you know and you know at the moment they're in second position and, and we're in fifth so you know who am I to say no I wouldn't want to be them you know yeah. that that's where we want to get to and you know we're we are working hard as, as a group of players to, to get there, and the club is doing their business off off the pitch as well with, with the schools and and the community and stuff. And I think that's that's helping our crowds as well, which in turn will help us on the pitch. Yeah, and obviously we should mention obviously there was a press release from Pat's last week, and it is a year, it, it's a year since the Richmond Arena idea was mooted, and obviously hasn't gone the way they would have liked it. But I think even you know you can see the social benefits of, as I said, of football in a sense of what that game would have brought to Tala last night. And if people can't draw the connection and see what a, what a stadium could do for an area and what sport can do for an area. And I think like Pats are probably in this slight limbo at the moment because you're trying to figure out where their future is going to be. But obviously both... Their future's in Europe anyway. Well, well, yeah. But like, you know, we have the scenario where... Where you know Bows sort of have an idea what's coming with, with, yeah. with, with Daily Mount and, and Rovers have this, and Pats just need to find their way. It's actually uh, mad. I, I went by that site the other night after the game, and uh, Brendan, it's, it looks like so, it looks perfect for a ground, you know, um, by St. Michael's. St. There. Michael's, yeah. Not, like, not, not like we're, we're, but we're like, we're biased, obviously, to yeah. a degree yeah. that we want it to be, but yeah. there is actually a, a value to it. Oh, you of know? course. You know, I, I grew up in Intercor, you know, up in CIE work, so I, you know, I know the benefits of, of what the club are proposing to the area it just it regenerate you know literally the whole of Dublin A because facilities in in, in, in Chicago at the moment aren't aren't there so I think the proposal that the club put forward was you know putting the, the stadium on top of a big shopping centre and stuff and still having the the housing situation mm. kind of box ticked as well for me it's it's a no brainer you know but I think if can you imagine like in a few years if we go, if we had a league where you have Tala you have Daily Mount on Pats in the Richmond Arena, um, even even Finn Harps, you know, with their with their stadium done and Sligo the showgrounds. I mean, Cork that, City Turners Cross, Turners Cross, well, and no, Waterford like as well. Oh, United name and, and something, yeah, something absolutely. Up in the I dock, mean, you know, but, the, you yeah. know, the, the, like you said about the the standards, you know, and I think the league does need external help in in obviously financially doing this, but you know, the the benefits of it are. You know, fantastic. Because I'm guessing that USL won the. I, I've watched some of the games. I didn't watch that game last week, but I've, I, I'm guessing the facilities look pretty good. Actually, I, I see James Chambers' team actually. They're playing a modest enough venue. Yeah, yeah. Time, but generally, the presentation is pretty good. Yeah, like you, you'd that, have. I mean, Ryan two weeks ago played in FC Dallas Stadium. They played their um, affiliate club, mm. so they they would have played after an FC Dallas game where there's, I think it's a twenty thousand seater stadium. Like, mm. yeah. now obviously the crowds and aren't aren't great and it can be a little bit lost like but facilities and I mean like it, like we go back to the this, the stream and stuff there's, there's no cost kind of mm. you know cut on, on, on that side of things and promoting the league I mean 
straight away after the game you've got a four or five minute highlight package already up up on youtube you know so it's it, it is something to look into mm. even the brandy will look well on tv the for brandy the well as well there's another one we haven't yeah. mentioned yeah. It's that seems a long time ago and they've uh, got a buzz back there as well yeah they've, they've done their stuff and it does come down to club i mean financially you need the general package but it's clubs can do a lot for themselves in their own area as well too you know and that's the thing it's, it's about merging the two you can't just wait on handouts either you have to make your own you have to make your own case that you are worth investing in like bows have made the case now that they are that they are worth investing in that that facility is worth with due respect though then like the more that comes out about how the FAI was run I don't know how anything happened I mean how did any, how did any grants go anywhere it just seems so dysfunctional um, from yeah. the from the bottom up just Robbie on, on Oriel um, it would it, it is a facility obviously this um, could certainly it, the Americans have come in and, and so on and I believe that you're, you're left wanting for nothing but it just still doesn't look well the way section and so forth yeah, look, there's no point me coming on here saying that it's, it's perfect. Um, obviously, the owners have kind of made sure that we're catered for, and I think that's kind of in a more of a, a sense that once we're going well on the pitch, then if we we can progress, winning the winning the league consistently, being in Europe consistently, that then they can use that money to kind of do up the ground. Like, there's no mm. point. Uh, there's no point for them building a great stadium we come fifth and then there's no money coming in from Europe you know so there's I would tend you know, to disagree with you there now yeah, that's I, I, what they've I, gone yeah, for that, yeah. that is their their their, their point but uh, it's it, funny Dundalk's crowds are very very good anyway I'm not sure they can even improve them that much but the ground is just um, just it's dilapidated at this yeah. stage well, they've uh, said that the new CEO Mark Devlin who's come in part of his remit is going to be ground stuff mm. but I do get the sense it's no they have done gr- small things gradual. around yeah, yeah exactly they're, Like it's not as if they're you know Doing they're forgetting nothing. about everything else. It's just that they're, you know, they can't do it all. They can't do it all at once, and they've prioritized yeah. the, the the team and the players yeah. uh, first. It should be better. I mean, the only thing, like, and the thing that I think the problem the dog have is because they have got so much money in Europe that I think the argument of of getting council funding, people are probably thinking, actually, oh, they're fine. They don't I need know, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's not necessarily always the case, you know, in terms of of where it's at, and it's. Just, uh, there's obviously there's other developments and other sports going on in Laid so th- it might be a while Oriel could be that in that state for a while which is depressing thought but it, it could be the reality Andrade first division John we need the first yeah, division Drada need to get their um, ground sorted obviously as well which is another fairly long running saga but uh, you were sh- shouting loudly in Daily Mount last Friday about Galway being 4 and up there was people in the rows around that had no interest but they still got updates from Galway United's Big mm. win. You were screaming them out. Well, it's great because they've uh, two wins, six losses and a positive goal difference because they've lost every game by a single goal. They won 4-0 at that though. Yeah. Robbie at Lone Town. Uh, it's been going well. Your your hometown club uh, probably slightly falling away a bit of late. Yeah, nothing to really be writing home about. Yeah, I think uh, uh, a good start but um, you see the form there. Mm. Five L's in a row. So, um, obviously better than last year but wouldn't, wouldn't have taken much to... Yeah, the new know. pitch there as well obviously. Uh, Wexford nil. High flying cabin Teeley too. Top of the table done. Rob Manley flying. Yeah. Mm. They're doing um, really well. Shell, shells to Limerick nil. Um yeah. Uh Limerick does it, I mean we we did get a text in Brendan just there's more rumblings about maybe potential pay issues at Limerick or maybe it all not being right. I mean, you've very you've very first hand experience of, of that club, unfortunately under a under a couple of headings, both the potential that's there and also the dysfunction that's there I guess I mean what do you make of hearing these stories does it surprise you 
I, I don't know. I kind of haven't I haven't really been in touch with with many people down there. Um, I know when stuff's going on, it, it's it's not a nice thing, you know, to to happen. Obviously, because it's mm. only nine games know, into the season. Paid. If there's problems with wages, like that's not good. I, I, like I said, I can't I can't really really comment on it because I don't know who's involved or, or who's running the place. You know, mm. like whereas last season, you know, I was I was heavily in, involved in. She's in the middle of it, you know, and um, but it's it's another negative story coming out for the league, you know, which which isn't isn't great, you know. It would have been one of the more watched first division highlight packages of the season, and their keeper had an absolute like a worldly of a game. Jack, yeah, Park. Jack. Uh, I left in in July, and Jack came in then from Longford, and um, obviously, you know, I I kind of had a look at the at the highlights and stuff, and you know, he had a phenomenal game. There was. I think eight or nine, eight or nine saves there he made were mm. incredible. You know, I I just feel desperately sorry for any Limerick fans who went up to Tolka Park, took the day off to travel to Dublin to be witness. Like if that was tragedy comedy, it was tragedy over comedy really. It was grim. Um, the other scores, very three draw had a one. That was a big result as well. This first division, Dan Cove nil Longford nil. There's so many teams. I mean, that like even Cove in seventh, uh, very realistic chance. Galway United could still say we could finish fourth. In fairness to to the league, the structure has has revived the first division. Yeah, well, is it, I mean, as I said, there's a third of the season gone now, and the, with the exception of that one game in hand for Longford and Galway, and yeah, it's wide open and all those. I mean, I think Braid a reasonable crowd last week, you know, and it's not as if they're top of the table, you know. Mm. So you would hope as the season goes on. I think there's a good chance that there'll be a, a proper push around around the first division, and yeah, yeah. everyone's got, everyone's got a got a squeak, really, you know. Um, um and the the fixtures at the weekend, and then we'll get to the Premier Division fixtures. Um, Bray Wanderers are playing Cavantili in a little bit of a derby game. Shelburne against Galway United at Talca Park. Wexford. Are you going to that, John? I think I'm going to Daily Mount working. Um, mm. so we'll see on that. Uh, Cove Ramblers playing against Drogheda United, and Longford Town against uh, Limerick. Now, there is a live game uh, coming up as well. A certain game, I don't know, Dundalk, Dundalk Shamrock Rovers is live oh, yeah. on air on Friday. It's not a bad game, is it? Yeah. Um, everything has changed here. Paul Corrie and Shane Supple on last yeah. night on air. Yeah, yeah looking so. sharp, the lads. Just down yeah. by, they were down by about 27 emergency response unit cops who um, I don't think were really needed, but anyway. Ah, well, the, the, you know, wouldn't get them at a rugby game, would you? you well, you, you tell me. You go to a rugby no, game, it's any of us, John. You yeah. wouldn't get them at a rugby game. Did you see any cops? That, you were at a rugby game the weekend. Did you see any? Members of nah, security there so at all. Dealing with the ABC ones, not the nah. footballing riffraff that's going to leave Ireland games. The only, the only scrimmage issue you could have is on the way to the bar during yeah, the match. There's an awful lot of that. It's such a lot. There is a, an amount of people like to go to a rugby match and just spend their whole time getting up, going to the bar during the match. About 50%. Even at a crucial point of the game, mm. they will just get up and leave. Does, that, does that antagonise you as, a, as someone who is now <laughs> you're embedded in I rugby? I think it tells you a lot about rugby supporters. Um, it's, it's a scene. It's really? something that's popular to be to be done. Um, we need to get not. We need to get the the mount. So like you're seeing the people just get onto it, just probably starting out with someone, I, or they just get. I'm not it. a rugby fan, but I think people. How many who, games have you been to? People who claim about four in my lifetime. And how many number in the last yeah. three months? Three. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go. I've enjoyed them. Actually, really enjoyed the game. The RDS thought these. I wouldn't mind watching more football in the RDS, but um, Dundalk Rovers anyway. Uh, Robbie. I don't know, the, the stars have aligned so perfectly for Dundalk all of a sudden. You have players coming back, Rovers are coming in very much under the cosh. What can possibly go wrong? Yeah, look, it's a big game. Um, obviously, I don't think Rovers will be, like, it's a kind of 
you know, had they kept 11 men in the pitch last night, then they could well have won. So they'd be treating that just as a game in isolation. But before that, they've been, you know, I don't know how many, eight wins in a row, was eight it? Or something row, like yeah. That. yeah. Club record, or go back to how good is Jack Byrne? Um, yeah, he's he's good. I um, I have obviously haven't seen him as as much as as other people have this season, but um, he's one of many danger men that they have, and um, we'll be making we'll be making plans for to counteract them, as I'm sure they'll they'll be doing to counteract us. But mm. I don't think the league is going to be decided either way this this week. Um, it's more if you look at the difference between the two teams, we've dropped seven points f- from Finn Harps and Sligo. Um, two teams that are down the lower half, and if you know we play each other three times, and I think either team will be doing very well to win three of those games. Yeah. Mm. So more than likely, you know, high chance that points are going to be split in those games. So just shows you how valuable that every Friday night is, not just the the ones for the big games that you play against I, against I, the other teams. I, I was I was kind of told that um, Derry, if they were going very well, there could be a little bit of money there when 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 it comes to it in the as the season develops to to push on. That there's a lot of support there. But I wonder where Rovers Dan would Rovers sort of because they do at the moment they're actually a bit threadbare. Well, I think well they obviously have the potential Dermot Desmond situation, mm. so that could give them an option in in July. And I'd be shocked if they didn't try and sign a striker in the summer. You know, I I mean the the it's there for them you know like they're they're proper league title contenders I don't know are they favourites now but they're certainly proper league title contenders at the moment so uh, I mean there's there's a there's a lot of money at stake for that Champions League prize money so I think they're probably in a position if they have a takeover or not a takeover if, if Dermot Desmond's going to take a stake in the club as discussed I'd be shocked if, the, if it wasn't on the agenda and um, they might face some attention I don't know I think Jack Byrne is probably better off staying put. But, I mean, in theory, if he gets in an Ireland squad again, they'll probably have attention for him in the summer too. So, we'll see. Um, like it, 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 uh, What was interesting, how Bowes played against Rovers last night. That, like Rovers, uh, Rovers, Rovers have a, a really talented midfield, but Bowes really got around them and didn't let them play. And even early on, you could see even with the kickouts. You know, the Rovers are trying to roll the ball out. Were Rovers got, a bit jittery? They were a bit, but Bowes made them jittery too. And like we were having a discussion about well, will Bowes be able to sustain this? But obviously the whole game changed then with the, the you know the nine men and it's happened again. But um I mean it is extraordinary. I mean, how Bowes just keep winning the derby and they keep showing up. Like whatever about the incidents, we probably haven't debated the penalties and the red cards and people want us to talk about it more, but what more can you say? You can just it was there is a, one was point it a, actually. Was it not but, but the fact is Bowes were well in the well, well in, the, in game, the game and their their plan they they managed to hurt Rovers in areas that maybe other teams hadn't caught a you know, cut Rovers open that much. You there, know? Is, there, so is ju- there is just one point. Th- there'll this. be encouragement for other teams from that. Clark, I was talking to you about this beforehand. The, 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 the red card for Trevor Clark, this was a decision that I, I was definitely I had misgivings about because I thought you have a covering defender. But you think this is a red card regardless of whether it's in the box or not because if it's in the box, he's not really making an attempt to get the ball. It's more of a pullback. So technically, there was all yeah, the, all the chat the was... Yeah, all the isn't it? Yeah, yeah, all the cha- to, it has to be a genuine attempt to get the ball. It's a yellow inside the box. Yeah. So if he's if he slid in and it's an attempt to attack... And it's outside the box. That's a red. Because this was all it's the chat. Double, was that double, jeopardy, double jeopardy. It would have jeopardy, been better yeah. off if he'd uh, if it happened in the box because he'd yeah. have gotten a yellow. But he probably would have maybe sent him off anyway. I thought Trevor Clark is way out of position for the and Rover. In fairness to Bowes, they exploited that. Jack Byrne is on the left nominally, but he's not playing the left. And they, you know, well, are we surprised that Bowes? Coaching I'm really, staff. I'm really looking. No, I'm really looking towards the Edinburgh dog play Rovers. And Rovers' reaction, because I think I think Rovers did brilliantly last night in the face of an absolutely hopeless task. They nicked a couple of chances to get a one-all draw, which would have been incredible. Yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't. I think 
the second half bowls, bowls were poor were, 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 they were poor slash I think bowls Content. also they trusted themselves to see it out in a way and they didn't I, I wouldn't be over like Rovers were good in the second half I wouldn't be going Agreed. completely overboard like you know I think the bowls were managing the game they invited some pressure and if someone sticks one in for 25 yards then they look like idiots you know but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I actually thought in the second half the, the 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 intensity of the game wasn't there. I actually was thinking from the perspective of Friday, Rovers going to be run, run, run ragged here. And we were we were talking about this. You nearly just like could they have taken off a couple of yeah. players? But if you, they didn't do that, mm. but um, Cork City have to go to Derry City. Yeah, we haven't really talked about Cork. I mean, um, we'll, we'll probably go into that in more detail again. But it's not getting any better for them, really, is it? Um, it's interesting the situation down there because if if um, twelve points for twelve games, the, if they realistically they're best. Um, outcome the season would be to get into Europe, um, so that would obviously they'd be looking at least for fourth place. And I never know fifth can get you in. See what happens, but uh, <laughs> like it's it, it's they're 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 certainly under the cosh. Like they're they're completely under the cosh, and uh, I, I whatever about like you know we can talk about where they can where they can finish at the end of the season. Like I don't see where the win is coming from at the moment. If Finn Harps are home on Monday, okay, see what happens in Derry. Maybe that could that is a chance to get back on the horse again. But like I don't know. Like it's getting it's getting into proper crisis territory. So Pat's UCD on Friday. Um Clarky, like they're UCD, you know what you're gonna get. Like they're gonna they're, yeah. they're gonna give you a proper match. Absolutely. And you know I mean we drew one all with them out and in Belfield at the the start of the season, and I think I think we've a little bit more of a settled eleven now at the moment, so that that could help us. But you know, Collie O'Neill, the, the football that that they play is is phenomenal. I think Richmond Park will be the pitch will be decent as well. You know, so it's in good nick at the moment. It is, it? yeah. Um, I think anyone, no one's been on it. You know, so um, bar us, um, which isn't the case around the league, where some some places you'll have nineteen seventeens and stuff playing. Um, at the weekend, but you know we'll fully respect UCD and 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 what they're about, and we'll uh, we'll do all our due diligence and, and homework on on them with with this with the, with the new huddle system that is uh, or the instat stuff, which yeah, is, that, that which actually is around has, the league, you know. So ju- just how, how much would you sorry on that? I mean, because like you're you're playing Rovers then on Monday, and just speaking to Harry Kenny at halftime last night, and he's chatting. I think Connor Clifford suspended for that game. He was saying, and like there's. Like you're trying to pl- like you're trying to plan ahead, but then you've got a game coming in three days' time. Like, how much will you do between Friday and Monday as a group in terms of looking at Rovers? Like, how much scope is there? For, I mean, maybe management do it as players. Do you get much information imparted to you? Well, we we'll, we have we have an analyst, Martin Doyle is uh, is in with us. He does a bit for the FEI as well. So, um, I mean. Tomorrow we'll get a, a full breakdown on on UCD and and stuff and where we think we can exploit them and I'm sure it's the same what yeah. Collie's doing with them like and um we I from our end of things I don't think we we won't look at Shamrock Rovers till as as a group of players yeah. we, we can't because the, the moment you take your eye off the ball in this league you get beaten because you might get a few hours stupid. on Sunday then or something maybe yeah well we'll at a time the way the schedule is you you're not really you don't really have a chance to train properly mm. I mean even even this morning like we're we only got back really late on on Monday evening, you know. So we had a day off Tuesday, and you're kind of still in recovery mode Wednesday. So the lads that didn't play did a little bit more than the boys that played. So um, tomorrow, then on on the Thursday, we'll, we'll go into the, the tactical side of things for for UCD, and I'd imagine after that, then it'll be you know mine's kind of straight to to Rovers, where we'll be off Saturday and and in Sunday with 
the game Monday. How has your season been personally? Uh, it's, it's, it's been all right. Um, Unbelievable save early on against Cork. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, that that was you know one of the ones where you know nine out of ten times it goes in, and and luckily you know the one time. And it was around it the time that Gordon Banks passed away as well, which was kind of, and it was. I don't think they had any kind of. I don't think the two were related. I, no, yeah. no, not at all. Um, Remind me of that save, obviously the one that he's most famous for. But um, look, it's just one of them that you just kind of, you know, walk your feet and, and and try and get something on the ball. And luckily, that one, luckily enough, I kept it out. Like, well, obviously yeah. on the flip side, then kind of had a, a let in a soft one against Derry, which kind of killed us, gave us an uphill yeah. uphill battle. So, which is life. Yeah, that's um, there's no point in getting down about it with the amount of games we have. So you, you can't you can't really sulk about things. You just got to get on with it. If Finn Harps are um, hoping that things improve, they've Sligo and Cork upcoming, and at the moment, actually, that's not the worst. So they play at Sligo on Friday, and then on right. Monday, it's Cork Harps, Derry Bowes, UCD, Sligo, Watford and Dock, Shamrock Rovers, Pats, and. Um, just one point there on the pitches. The, the, the way the weather is at the moment and how good Tallow was last night, I think everyone on that pitch knew that they just wanted to play on that pitch, whereas I think it's incumbent on the clubs to really look after that because if we are going to have a dry summer, um, the football is going to suffer hugely. Um, and I think that's it for... Yeah, that's it, John. I think uh, three, three episode episodes. 11. We'll be back now. See, these double fixtures, I mean, we're having these long shows now because there's so many games and so much to reflect upon, but we'll try and be more disciplined next week, John. And best of luck with your recovery, Robbie, as well. Hopefully we'll see you back soon. Thanks for coming in, lads. No, brother. But there are limits to your life.